The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You chose to take a journey down a long and dangerous trail Chose to serve your country and we know you served us well But now you're back and it's our duty to keep you safe and warm Shake your hand and welcome you back home with open arms We're America, your family, the land of liberty We're thankful for your sacrifice, your fight to keep us free We are America, and we truly do believe You're the backbone of our nation, thanks to you we're living free We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue. We're America, your country, and America wants you. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition. Your hosts are Gary Ray and Ted Griffin, Jr., In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here are your hosts, Gary and Ted. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network. My name is Gary Ray, along with our co-host. It's not Ted, it's Linda Crater. Right? <laughs> you can Crater. call me Ted if you'd like. <laughs> All right. President and CEO of VeteranCaregiver.com, which, by the way, is a self-funded site and acts as a bridge uh, for caregivers and veterans alike. If interested in becoming a sponsor for VeteranCaregiver.com, send an email to AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. Good morning. Good morning, Linda and Ted. Good morning, Gary Ray. <laughs> All right. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing very well this morning. We have sunshine, and we have a wonderful guest today. All right. All right. And also, uh, we are taking call-ins. Uh, you can call in by calling 866-472-5787. And also, if you're too shy to talk on the phone, uh, on the air, rather, you can also email us at AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. So today is uh, mini-series number four. Is that right, Linda? I believe that it is. Why, that's it's about family respite care. You want to go ahead and introduce our guest? Yes, I'm very excited. We have today with us Wendy Tatro from the Wounded Warrior Family Support Organization, and she's going to discuss with us respite care for caregivers. It's something that is so essential to staying healthy as a caregiver, but it's also fraught with trying to find someone competent, someone that the family trusts, and finding one that fits your particular needs. And when I spoke with Wendy, she has some excellent uh, information to offer and share, 
and I'm just very excited to introduce her. Wendy, welcome to American Heroes Network. Welcome. Well, thank you very much. Welcome, thank you very Wendy. Much. How thank are you? you. <laughs> I'm doing really well this morning, and uh, I'm really excited to be able to present our program out there because I think that we we bring something very unique to the table that, that most of the other organizations don't. And um, I really feel blessed that I'm able to do this, being that I have been a professional and a personal caregiver over the years, and even today, you know, I, I have health issues that have arose because of the, the lack of care that I gave myself, and so I, I really find it important to portray to these caregivers how how essential it is that they develop really healthy um, habits and and that they put themselves in there even at a time when they don't feel that it's either necessary or that they don't have the time for it. So I'm really excited about this. All right. Wendy, um, why don't you, I guess a good place to start would be providing our listeners with a little bit about your background. Uh, I am um, kind of getting up there in years, but for the last 25 oh, years come on. or more, <laughs> I've been um, a professional and personal caregiver. I cared for veterans that were in my family as well as other family members. And also I work as um, at private duty nursing care. I have been a professional caregiver as well to supplement our income as I did the, the personal caregiver too. And one thing that I don't think a lot of people understand is that when you kind of are designated as the family caregiver, so if you are even thrust into the role of caring for a veteran in your family, that may not be where your skills lie or where your heart lies. But because you do that job, a lot of family members will depend on you to do other caregiving things because of the knowledge that you obtain doing that. And just because they assume that you're doing this so you can do it for other, other people as well. So not only are you caring for the people in your home, but a lot of times you're asked to step outside the home and do that. And that's how I ended up stepping outside the home. I've worked the last seven years in hospice and advanced Alzheimer's. So in some very high stress situations. Um, and I myself came out of it with a divorce and three very, very bad illnesses. Like I said, I'm still taking care of those kind of things. And residually, I, I can feel that I can feel what effect it's had on me as a person and on my body and on my health. And so that's why I approach them with this with this kind of a mentality that you don't have the option of putting off that hysterectomy for two years. You don't have the option of of not going to your doctor's appointments because you're too tired. These are things that are vitally important, and if, if you need that help, then this is where we come in, and this is where we provide that assistance for them to be able to do that. Wendy, that's exactly why I was so excited to have you on today. The caregivers are the backbone of the family, and it, it varies. You can be an early-stage caregiver, and it evolves into a long-term chronic um, situation sometimes, but no matter what, it is a very potentially stressful and um, it, it's fraught with all sorts of complications for the person taking care of the other people. I'd love it if you could address, you and I have spoken about this before, one of the biggest roadblocks for uh, veterans' families finding caregivers is that there's so little trust in having other people enter the home, other people understanding what they've been through. It's, it's again, an isolating situation for these families. And 
if you could please address how you go about overcoming the hurdle of being able to talk folks into understanding that you're there and you understand any reticence they may have in bringing in someone, quote, from the outside, and, and how you get over those questions and bring them to a place of trustworthiness. Well, I think the first thing that I have to do is establish a trust on a one-on-one as caregivers. I think once the caregiver understands that I know what they're going through, I know what the tears mean, I know when you go to bed at night and you just feel like you're dying inside sometimes, you know, because everyone comes first. Your kids come first, your pets come first. I know women that have put off surgical procedures for years, but their but their dogs have their license tabs every year. You're you know, right. so it, you get into that habit of of you come last in everything and and you feel like you can do it and for a long time I don't think I went to a doctor for eight years at one stretch in there and and I I I totally believe that I willed myself not to be sick because I didn't have the time I didn't I was superwoman you know and I didn't I didn't give myself that opportunity to be sick and so I think that the, that's the first established trust that you have to have once that caregiver knows that what you're doing and what you're saying is real and that she really has to put this as an importance, I think that kind of spills out into her ability to convey that to her, her veteran and to her family. Because a lot of times what you have in the dynamics of these families is isolation, not only just for the caregiver, but for the veteran who's isolated because of various dynamics. It could be the injuries. It could be PTSD. It could be the, the dynamics of the family that's going on right now where where they don't, it's an embarrassing or, or they don't want outside people to know what's going on in their home. A lot of these, these people not only will homeschool their children, but I have found an overwhelming population of our veteran families that have special needs children that are six and under. Right. Some of them they have said are due to exposure issues and things like that. So, so the dynamics of that is first establishing the trust with the caregiver. Then as we branch out, what I try to do is to make sure that they know and that they convey to their veteran that this is not about having someone come in to babysit for them. A veteran that has PTSD or brain injuries, um, first of all, because of the location, most many of our families are located near a VA hospital that that best utilizes their health care needs. And so that puts them in a position where they are not near extended family. So when they have children, they're not just going to let anyone come in and babysit. If they have a veteran, they're not going to just let anyone come in and take care of that veteran. And the veteran, because of his pride, and you're talking about military men that have were macho and, you know, they, they had a great deal of respect and um and honor in what they did as a job that are now at home, that they're incapacitated to a certain extent. They don't want someone seeing that. So so how to get that person into the home, what I try to do is to, number one, like I said, I make sure that the, the caregiver knows. Don't go to him and say, I need to have someone come in and take care of you. That's not what we're about. What we do is we make sure that that veteran and that family knows that this is mom's person. This is all about the, the, the caregiver's person. So that first, that first impression that the family gets is going to be that we have a helper that comes in and helps that caregiver. She may have to do spring cleaning. We have one lady that just moved two weeks ago, so we've got to um, 
caregiver that's coming into that home to help her put away some of the uh, unpacking things and and get that house cleaned up and up and running. And what that does is it allows the, the family, the children, and the husband to hear that interaction with that caregiver. So that, that association is already made to her, that voice the the um the laughter the interaction the fact that this woman is is in their mother's areas personal areas that all gets that that mental association to be with the caregiver that's our number one thing number two we have her come in a couple of times and and just to help out the mother the third time what i try to do is get her to come in while the mother is still there and she she's now being able to see how that mother relates to or or the caregiver some of them are dads we have um we have them see how they relate to their family so as a caregiver professional caregiver that's that's priceless being able to see how the dynamics of that family function from stepping back and watching it so by the third time we'll have the caregiver um support caregiver come in and make dinner a woman's kitchen is her kitchen. You see another woman in a woman's kitchen, you know that that bond is there already. <laughs> now, now this husband or veteran or or these children are seeing this this other caregiver supporter come in and make dinner while their mother or their their family member is home. Then that allows them to even kind of relax a little bit more on that level. When you eat together, eating is something that is a very social activity. It's a very unguarded activity. So when that caregiver supporter comes in and sits down with that family and they all eat, then then that's another wall that's taken down or a brick off that wall. So little by little, what we try to do is incorporate that person in so that it's not an overwhelming, hey, I'm stepping out because I can't handle it and I got to leave for two days and you're trying to go away with some stranger in your house. The other you know, thing Wendy, that can I answer for just one second? You you made sure. a very interesting distinction that I don't believe that I've heard before. You call them a support caregiver. I think Correct. that's a very interesting name for it. So often that uh, observation that maybe it's somebody to babysit or to take care of you or that they're not capable of taking care of themselves, that can be negative. But if someone is a support caregiver as a title. Um, it doesn't make it sound quite so dependent for the veteran themselves. And I think that's an interesting distinction in your explanation. All of the processes you're talking about, weaning them into the family, seeing them interact, and not forcing anyone down their throats, for example, that's a very interesting point that you bring up. Has it been very effective with those who do have severe PTSD? and who do, maybe they're agoraphobic, maybe the person is just so desperate for respite care but absolutely has never been able to make it work. How does that work in the severe PTSD situation? The same way, or do you take a little bit different approach? I would take absolutely the same approach, and and but it may it may take a little bit longer. The integration period may take a little bit longer, but... What this also allows um, this family to do as well is this is not all hunky-dory. It's not like you're just going to get one caregiver that comes in and fits the bill. You know, there are there are a couple of families that we have to have two different caregivers for, one to do one thing, one to do the other thing. Um, but as a professional caregiver, I know that there were family dynamics or family personalities. I'm an excellent caregiver. 
I didn't fit in with every family. And so when I go to these families, I tell them, on average, it takes two to three caregivers before you find that caregiver that your family clicks with. And if you'll just bear with me, sometimes those caregivers go over there and they're for an hour and, those, and, the, and the caregiver sends them home. And so what we have to do is we have to kind of work with what's out there because, I mean, ideally I'd be able to make a list of everything that that family needs and just pop it into a computer and out would come, you know, Mama Jane or something. But right. that's not how it works. So what I have to do is I have to, to go through with the healthcare agencies or I go through with different agencies and, and I interview and I try to narrow that down to a point where I think the less failure the better and so if I can narrow it down a little bit, then that caregiver can nail it down even more so. And sometimes it takes two or three people coming in for that couple hours until you get to that person that you're ready to move on with. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, Wendy, do you do this also with the existing VA respite program? Is Absolutely. Is your work integrated with them? Absolutely, because I, I'm not ready to spend money that we have on something that's already out there. But what I can do is the VA, I, I really love the VA's program, I really do, but there's a lot of gaps in there. And if you can't, if, if you can't utilize it, it's really ineffective. And so by working with these women, the VA is not going to take that kind of time. They, you know, the caregiver coordinators are overwhelmed. They have a lot of caseloads, and they don't take that, that personal time to say, look, you can do this. So what they do is the caregiver coordinators will send the worst cases they have to me, and I'll just say, look, we can do this. It'll take some time, but we'll do it. And, and we work together. And then what we do is once we get this set up, we go to the VA and say, look, we've got a, care, a support caregiver here now, and now is where you kick in, and you can start paying for them to come into the home. And then that's where the VA um, caregiver respite comes in. Now, does that come through each individual caregiver support coordinator? Is that how someone would do this? Because I know that those are the questions that will come. Okay, I have a caregiver support coordinator. You, Wendy, have arranged for me to have respite care that my family trusts. How receptive is the VA to taking on the fee base for that? Um, I haven't had really uh, – we're, we're just kind of a new program, so – my numbers are just below 100 families so far. The ones that I have encountered have been have been very cooperative with me. You know, you get one or two here and there that that aren't really gonna aren't gonna like no matter what you do. You know, they're not gonna like to work with you because it just adds work to their load. But for the most part, I've had them say, "Oh my gosh, I just wish that I would be able to do this. I don't have the time or the resources," and. If I give this family to you, could you work with them? Not all of our families are part of the caregiver coordin um, right. the caregiver, caregiver program, program at the VA. Mm -hmm. uh, the ones that are the ones that are eligible, I do try to get them get them signed up because some of them still, as much as it's publicized out there, some of them still don't know about it. You're so right. we try to get that set up if they're if they're eligible because we do do past era veterans as long as they have dependent children. It doesn't matter what era veteran you are then we we do help them to um, get with the aid in attendance or, you know, any kind of, of resources out there that we can get them engaged in that help to offset that cost, then right. it just gives us more money to work with the other stuff. That's fantastic. For those of you listening out there, if you have questions for Wendy, the phone number to call in questions is 866 472 
800-516-5787. Gary, I interrupted you. You have a question? Well, I was just going to say also, don't forget about you can uh, email us at AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. That's if you're shy. Okay. Now, now also, now, Wendy, you're working now with the Wounded Warriors Family Support Group. Yes. Do, as a director, respite yes. care director, um, do they do things a little bit differently? Yes, I think I think the difference is is that we take a family in one on one. I do a very in depth uh, interview with them to find out what their what their um, needs are as a family because every family is different. There's so many dynamics, whether it could be, um, um, okay, what is the thing I want? I can't even think of the word. The, there, It can be the injuries. It can be the injuries that put them in a difference with the PTSD, like we said. Or it can be with the brain injuries. I mean, brain injuries causes a whole spectrum of health, health issues like impulsiveness and um, anger and things like that. So there's there's so many different Things that are, that are stopping these caregivers, where there there needs to be education with our um, agencies out there. I work with with healthcare agencies as well. We have a family, for instance, that is down by Fort Campbell, and her husband had some specific needs. So what I did was I called the healthcare agency, and I said, "Look, this is what we've got in this family. This is a woman that is thirty five years old. Her husband is forty five years old. There's a little age disparity there." So what I'm going to need in this family is to have someone that's older. She's going to be going out of town for a couple a couple of nights. So we need someone that do not have dependent children because if something happens, a mother is going to have to go and go home. Right. You know, she's going to have to. And then you're going to be bringing a total stranger into the house, and you're not going to want to do that. So, so what we do is we kind of narrow it down to who they feel comfortable with. Um, there's there's other things that maybe maybe in a certain family there's certain racial issues and and I mean I hate to bring that up it's not a pretty thing but it is it is reality and so we discuss such a, a wide gambit of things whereas what the VA or other agencies do is say okay here's a healthcare agency they call them tell them to send somebody over well this wife for whatever reason, is not going to feel comfortable with this 20-year-old blonde, beautiful girl with big boobs and a pretty right. smile, and she giggles <laughs> at everything they say. You know, no, and, and you're bringing up an, an excellent point, and it does happen, and it has happened. Oh, exactly, boy. exactly. So what I try to do is to really get into what what will work out for their family, and what the and then we start from there. And we start. We just had the most awesome woman that ended up being a Vietnam veteran. Uh, she was a nurse in Vietnam. She's now a care a care support caregiver for one of our families in Washington State. And the lady wrote back to me after she just went to the caregiver um, retreat. Operation Homefront, Hearts of Valor, had a caregiver retreat, and they sent me over nine families that would not have been able to go if they didn't have help getting their respite set up before they could leave. All of these families were people with PTSD and brain injuries or other injuries that would not let someone into their home, and this wife was not going to be able to leave. So we started working on this three months ago trying to get this all set up. Every one of them made the retreat. I was so excited to hear that they all had a good time. And every one of them have written and said, I never thought that this was going to be possible. And I never thought that my veteran was ever going to make this even as adjustment. And, and every one of them have done good. It took some time well, to find them. Phenomenal. 
I'm excited. That was really a coup for, for our program. And the other thing that happened during that time is this is an ongoing thing. When we set up this support base with our support coordinate, our support caregivers, our, our primary child care and our support child care, what happened with one of our families is their, the support caregiver bailed at the last minute before, and she didn't think she was going to get to go. But we've already got our secondary support caregiver set up. So all we did was get a hold of her, send her in and off the wife went. So, so we, we do this as something that when, when things come up, if there's an event like a, say a wedding or, um, a caregiver retreat, or if there's an opportunity like one of our wives had a job training, um, opportunity that took every day for a whole week. Uh, if we have to go to the VA appointments with her husband, they can't go if they have four kids that need to be picked up from school or, mm-hmm. or drug along with them to the VA. If there's a health issue, like we've had um, several of the women that have had major injuries that that incapacitated them for six weeks at a time. And so the VA does really good with respite for the veteran, but they don't help with with um, getting housekeeping or catered meals or child care assistance and stuff in there. Uh, illnesses, if they have to have surgical procedures, I've got a girl right now that's three years I, like I said, that she's supposed to have had a hysterectomy. She's getting ready to go in here in the not-too-distant future. Or if it's stress where they just need the time off or, or they want to utilize their mental health appointments. Right. This is, a, this is an ongoing support base that, that we set up and utilize. It's a little bit different when somebody calls you and said, hey, call me anytime. I'm here. I can come and help you. Then if I call them up and say, look, we're setting up a support base, would you be willing to take on the job as a support caregiver in this for this family? And they say yes. Some of these families, what we do with the support caregivers is we put them through the same caregiving training that the, the VA put the, the primary caregiver through because that allows for us to get them flown in with the VA funds, with Hero Miles and, and Air Compassion in those, well, the VA will use. But, but what this does is it sets up a system for whatever comes up. It's not just about one thing. It's not just about that retreat. It's not just about that surgery. It's, it's about setting this up for an ongoing life pattern so that you have the ability to step away. And it's such it's such an honor when I hear some of these women say, you know what, I called my caregiver the other day and she came over and I went shopping. Now, we didn't have to pay for that. She paid for it herself because once the system is there, she's going to feel like she can utilize that for a date night or she can utilize that for um, a, a trip to shopping with her sister or anything that comes up like that. If there's a health issue and she's got to go in, outpatient surgery, we got her covered for the day. So it's it's an ongoing system. It's not just an incident, and it's I think that's what makes us thing. And that's a phenomenal yes. thing, um, Gary. I think we're almost at break time. But Wendy, when we come back after, I'm sure Gary has a few words to ask you or to say. Um, maybe we could also direct some discussion toward parent caregivers who are watching their grown adult children. Uh, after they've been wounded, because that's a slightly different population, and they're really neglected in terms of the legislative help that they can get. So I, I would love to hear your 
thoughts on that. Gary? Okay. Now, Wendy, are you, you are planning on coming back, right? Absolutely, yep. Oh, all right. <laughs> you know you know something, uh, Linda, ever since we started this uh, the little series, mini-series, um, I, I think, I hope a lot of people grasped the whole of this because, again, you know, that's that's a special group. Uh, it's sort of like a, another group of silent heroes that, right. you know, we forget about. And and this is something that should not be forget about. You know, I met what, a couple of weeks ago or last week somebody that was 24 years old that started doing this. And, well, and, they're often and, young, or yes. they're retirement age parents who have to stop and lose their jobs in their retirement. It, it runs the spectrum, and caregivers are totally vital to the continuum of care for our warriors and our veterans. And you know, Wendy's services are incredible, and they're the best ones I've heard about at this point. So right. thank you, Wendy. And may, I, may I say one thing? The one thing that struck me about the colonel when I read about his organization was that he said when America's families, or when America goes to war, America's families go to war. And that same process comes out the other side, that when yeah. the America's veterans are healing, their families have to heal because that sacrifice has been made by all in that family. And and so we really, they deserve the best of care, all of them. And the, the veteran is not going to get the best of care if his caregiver is diminished. And and the caregiver deserves the best of care because the job that she's doing is to take care of our heroes. And so I really feel that, that overall that we're really remiss in not caring for them if we don't put them out there to make sure that we take care of them. That's I true. absolutely yeah. agree. And let me put out a, a resource for someone, for everyone, actually. Um, there is a new uh, handbook for families put out by Blue Star Families and Vulcan Enterprises and a number of other uh, large, large organizations. And you can download this for free. It's called everyoneservesbook.com. And it's oh. a resource just as you're talking about, Wendy. It, it yep. has to be expressed to everyone. Everyone does indeed serve. Again, that's everyoneservesbook.com. All right. It's time for that short break, and we'd like to thank Wendy, the Director for the Respite Care for the Wounded Warriors Family Support, for taking the time out of her busy schedule to be with us today. It was our pleasure, Wendy. you have anything to say in closing? Oh, just thank you for the opportunity. I'm so excited to be here and to be able to represent our organization that I'm so very proud of. And I'm I'm so blessed to be able to spend somebody else's money, even if it's the American <laughs> public's, to get out there and help these families. Right. I love it. <laughs> All right. Mr. Bill Forbes will be this, with us when we come back from our break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. And we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join your hosts Gary Ray and Ted Griffin Jr. as they show what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? 
Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. Just a reminder, we are mobile now. You can check us out or go to the website or listen to our archives uh, on all the shows. They are archived. That's all you have to do is go to hero.ub1.co. All our programs are also syndicated on iTunes. Our guest for the second half of the show is a good friend that's been with us many times before, Mr. Bill Forbes, Senior Former Deputy Secretary for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs. Good morning, Bill. Good morning to you, Gary, and uh, everyone else. Uh, Linda, it is so great to be back with you again uh, uh, to talk about help and assistance to our, our heroes across this country. I, right. I agree with you wholeheartedly, Bill. Yeah. You know, we're, we're going to actually be talking, and nobody knows all the answers, and uh, we're going to be filling in on what's going on and what some of the problems are. But you, the listener, we would like to hear from you. Uh, if you can think of something as far as maybe a solution to these problems, definitely email us and email us at myidea at americanheroesnetwork.com. So, Bill, tell us a little bit about what's going on. I guess uh, because of this claims processing, uh, there's a lot of vets that are falling through the cracks. Well, 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 they are, Gary, and we want to make sure uh, uh, that they know as much as they can about this this process. It's it's not an easy process, and constant reminders are necessary. You know, I, I just like to say up front that the way a nation, and especially our nation, gets ready to go into war or into harm's way, it's a it's much different than the way that we come out of that situation. For an example, we can marshal and amass our personnel, our equipment, and to be ready uh, to do our best on the battlefield. But when it's time to return to home and community for those folks who have served and the scars of war that they may uh, have been uh, come in contact with, it's a different story. You know, and we, we, we want to thank all of our heroes for their service dedicated to this country, but also we want to thank our families for their sacrifices while these men and women who have been serving uh, and, and been away from home. And it's more important, and this is a little follow-up from the earlier part of the program, that when they come back, these family members in many cases become caregivers. 
So that's that's very important. I wanted to get that out uh, front first. There's been a lot of talk about the uh, U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs and how it's it's been administering its services, especially in the claims process with filing service-connected disabilities. But I want to cover that as quickly as I can. The first thing I'd like to do is to let everyone know that there is a document that is uh, that is published each year by the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, and it's 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 titled "Federal Benefits for Veterans, Dependents, and Survivors." The 2013 edition of this document should be out and available. The, this document document can normally be found in the uh, in the Veterans Affairs Medical Centers. That's the hospitals, and in the, some cases uh, they can also be found in in the local area in the community based outpatient clinics, which is commonly known as the uh, CBOTs. That's the acronym there. And uh, when you uh, begin to access this document in the table of contents, it, it, it goes through all of the different kinds of services and benefits that are available to veterans. The first and, uh, is, and, and I'm not going to identify all of them, but the, the, the main ones, the, the VA health care benefits, veterans with service-connected disabilities, VA pensions, education and training, home life guarantee, uh, VA life insurance, burial and memorials, and then there's uh, uh, at least about uh, nine or ten others there that are very important. And uh, this is all contained in this document that I just mentioned. Wow. Uh, I, I'm going to start out with the, uh, the, 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 the uh, health benefits. Uh, to access and to receive benefits in the VA system, the veteran must be enrolled in the system. Uh, it's very important to be able to access that. And the other uh, other uh, benefit that I think is most important that we've been hearing and seeing a lot of discussion about in the media is with uh, filing for service-connected uh, disabilities. Now, there is one document that we know is very important. It's probably our ticket to any kinds of services or benefits that's authorized by the federal government through the, the Department of Veterans Affairs. And that's that form that we know as the Department of Defense Form 214, or commonly make, we make reference to it as the DD-214. Very, very important document, and we must always be able to access that to get any kind of benefits within the system. Now, in case uh, the DD-2 form is lost or misplaced, you can go to the VA's website, which is at www.va.gov, and you can access, uh, 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 you put in the search box, the DD-214, and you can uh, uh, make arrangements to have that replaced online or you may uh, be assisted in the same process that in the particular state where you live, there's a state 
Department of Veterans Affairs. This is by the state, and they can assist with getting that form. So, so that form is very important, and we must emphasize that in in being able to have that uh, uh, when you are uh, accessing services uh, from the from the VA. Uh, any and all records that a a service person who uh, served on active duty, that when they're released from active duty, they should uh, secure these forms and keep them in, in a safe place so they can always access them. And, Gary, as you know, you and I have talked about this, that uh, when our men and women are returning home from serving, you know, their concern about is getting back to be with the family and these paper documents that the Department of Defense, upon their release from active duty, you know, well, uh, uh, they, they, they're so concerned in getting home, and when they get there, these paper records and documents get misplaced and they get lost. And that is so important because when they begin to proceed for these services, they must have those records because the VA makes it very clear. It is the veteran's responsibility to uh, provide the records and documents uh, uh, that they need in pursuing their case. So, uh, um, you know, I can't emphasize those documents as, as being uh, so important. Uh, right, and you were mentioning, Bill, too, uh, when we talked um, that approximately 900,000 are coming back and I think it's estimated that about 50% are going to claim PTSD. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, again, you know, having all of this on paper, it's, a, it's, it's going to sink them. <laughs> you know, they have to do something here. Well, absolutely. And, of course, we've talked about the possible solution there is to having those uh, uh, um, uh, 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 documents converted from paper uh, to an, an electronic form, and how we can store them. Uh, you know that that gets into a story, uh, you know, for another day. But but it is so important that uh, that they maintain uh, those documents that they're given. Now uh, I want to say something about the uh, the health care. Again, you must be enrolled in the VA's health care system to get health care. And uh, this is very easy to access this. You can do it online, uh, again, starting out with, uh, at the VA, VA's website, www.va.org. And uh, you can also go into a medical center or a community-based outpatient clinic and, uh, and, and go through the, the processing. And when it's all uh, done with all of the work that's in, uh, the, the, the veteran is then issued an identification card to show that they are in, in, the, in, in, in the system. And, Gary, this is so important because it makes it so easy from the standpoint, let's say, if a veteran is moving from one location to the other, from one city to the next, one state to the next, that if something happens to them that they need care, uh, they don't have to be concerned about the fact that they're away from their normal area with that particular access card. They can go into any uh, uh, Department of Veterans Affairs uh, medical center or a CBOC 
to get service. So that's one of the things that, that's most important. And here again, uh, uh, we've talked about this also, Gary, of the 22.7 million veterans currently today that are in the, in the records of the VA, only about 8.5 million are enrolled in the system. So you see the vast difference between the numbers in, of, of the total veterans and the numbers that are, are, are enrolled. And uh, if they're not aware that they have to be enrolled in the system, then, you know, the, uh, the, the depression and the anxiety begin to, to, to come to play when they go into a, a VA facility for, for medical care. And, and they're turned down, you know, at the time because they're not enrolled in the system. So that that's very important. We've talked about that, and you've had some comments on that also. That's true. Now, Bill, we're going to take a short break, uh, sure. so keep that thought. Uh, you're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join your hosts, Gary Ray and Ted Griffin, Jr., as they show what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Well, welcome back. Uh, Linda, as we were on break, uh, you came up with a question you'd like to ask Bill. I would. In talking to so many of these uh, groups of veterans, so many of them know that their colleagues, their battle buddies, are out in rural areas and may not be aware of their benefits, much as you were mentioning that so many need to know to enroll in the system in the first place. What guidance would you give to those who are in the rural areas who haven't come out in the new TAPS program, which helps them as they separate from active duty, 
they're doing a better job of making sure they're connected to the states. What can we do or what can we tell folks to do in order to help spread the word that those from earlier separations from service into the veteran status can access all of these benefits and can know about this information? Yes, that's that's a great question. And, and Wendy, in every state, uh, uh, the 50 states in our union, there is a state uh, uh, represented office. Uh, they may be called uh, the Department of Veterans Affairs for that state or the Department of Veterans Services, or some are even identified with commissions. And uh, normally you will find the, uh, the, 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 the head office at the state capitol, and they've got satellite offices around uh, uh, the state, and they uh, they specifically have a a further lower level division that's called the service and benefits offices, and yes. these individuals are there precisely to uh, to to help them navigate the system. Now, again, all of the services that we've talked about through the VA that's a federal responsibility. States have some assistance that they provide veterans, but getting enrolled in the VA healthcare system must be done through the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. So if you can access that location in your home state uh, or a satellite office in your, in your county or in your city, there will be someone there to help you and to assist you to get into that. And then again, as I said, most of our folks uh, 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 have access to computers. Uh, if they, uh, they can go online, www.va.gov, and to get that information. And, uh, you know, I, I can appreciate what you're talking about with our older veterans going back to uh, World War II Korea and the early part of Vietnam. You know, if you uh, just access that by telephone, by going into the state directory, they can put you in contact with the uh, State Department of Veterans Affairs or Veterans Services. And I would just add to that, because you and I are both from Maryland, Bill, and we know that there are state veteran coordinators whose job it is to help you do exactly that. So if you have not gotten into the system, those local coordinators, they can really help you know where to start if you're truly lost. So start at the local level and definitely get yourself into the va.gov system. Well, that is precisely right, uh Linda, in, in, uh, in, 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 in Maryland in particular, and I think some of the state, states are situated, Maryland has uh, a program that's called it's, it's Maryland's Commitment to Veterans, and they've got mm-hmm. mental health uh, individuals with hotlines that you can call them. If you are suffering from post-traumatic stress, TBI, they can get you in for that purpose and then assist you in navigating the entire system. Exactly. So there is help available. People just need to know how to reach out. And sometimes it's very important to know the name of what it is because these are large bureaucracies. So a more specific question usually helps with a more specific answer. And if you cannot perhaps get an answer, go up the chain and ask to talk to a supervisor if that's necessary because it is sometimes necessary in order to get exactly what you need. Don't, Don't give up persist in asking those questions. 
Absolutely, that is correct. And I'd, I'd like to also mention that there, there are other services there through the uh, uh, veteran service organizations that that's known as the, as the VSOs, and uh, those commonly we know the American Legion, the Veterans of Foreign uh, Wars, uh, the Military Order of the Purple Heart, and and some of the more recent organizations like the Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, 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 association uh, to help these individuals, and they've got service officers there that can assist you with accessing the system, whether it be for uh, medical care or filing a service-connected disability. We also have another organization. It's independent. It's called the National Association of County Service Officers. Uh, they are. They're not in every state. Uh, uh, they're, they're in 47 states. Uh, by the way, they're not in Maryland in, in, in <laughs> most of the states that are in our region here. And, uh, and attorneys, some of them uh, have taken uh, on uh, to do this uh, as a pro bono basis. They're also enrolled agents. Now, all of these services normally are free. And uh, but some uh, may at some time may tell you that uh, it uh, there's a certain fee that's involved. I would say investigate those kinds of uh, of approaches and and be very sure about that. But what you want to do when you get connected with a service officer, a certified certified officer, and that's in in essence really being licensed or approved by the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. You want that individual to represent you at all time all times and even in your absence so what they will ask you to do is sign what is known as a power of attorney a POA so they can act in your behalf well, you don't have to be present to assist you in moving this claims process or getting you uh, uh, health care along the, 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 the stream here because you know, it's it, it, it so many uh, 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 veterans now that's accessing this, and the process is slow. So, you you know, there, there's a help and assistance that way also. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we have about three minutes, but uh, it sounds to me that at DD-214 and get signed up uh, at your local VA, uh, if you don't have one, uh, there's all kinds of websites you can go to. Uh, contact information that you could look up. Uh, it's too important to forget about or or save for the last. So uh, definitely, uh, you know, take start taking care of the paperwork. <laughs> you well, know, if there was an easier don't way. Stop taking care of the paperwork. Maintain the documentation throughout your career with the military because it's very very important. Absolutely, because once that claim is awarded, you know, depending upon what it's been awarded for, there may be situations where you go back in for reevaluations to updating, increasing the amount of compensation that you receive for that claim. So it's a, it's, it's a lifelong process that you have to be concerned about. Here's some other records that most people probably don't pay attention to that are important. If you have them, not everyone may not have this, but private health records, if you're seeing a private uh, 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 medical practitioner, those records are good records. Any uh, buddy letters, as they're called, someone that you may have served with and knew about a situation, was present and saw what happened, 
That is very important. Command histories, any kind of history that states about a particular situation or circumstance that may be uh, uh, helpful to yours. The daily reports, morning reports, affidavits or support, or of supports, and even photographs. Any and all of those kinds of documentations or records can be very helpful in, in, in navigating this process. Amen right. to that, Bill. And our show is coming to a close, and I'd like to thank Wendy uh, Tatro, the Director for Respite Care with the Wounded Warriors Family Support, and Mr. Bill Forbes. Um, it was our pleasure. And Bill, you have anything in closing? Uh, Gary, I'd just like to say thanks again for this opportunity to be here to pass this information. Uh, there's much more we could have said about this, but, you know, we'll continue to make in information available, and especially in those critical areas where we know veterans need help and assistance. That's true. Now, a special thanks to our young co-host, <laughs> Linda Crater, for, for partnering with us. Uh, it's all possible to make these miniseries uh, with her help, and we help educate our listeners about not only the silent injuries, but also the importance of family support through caregiving. Be sure to visit VeteranCaregiver.com to learn more. Linda, any last words? No, I'm just delighted that we can open up these broad topics that require conversation and dissemination of information. It's all essential. So thank you very much, Gary Ray. All right. This is Gary Ray and co-host Linda Crater and our good friend, uh, Mr. Bill Forbes, signing off. And thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in again next week for another American Hero story. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray and Ted Griffin Jr. again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america variety channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericavariety.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network it's staff and management.